Hello everyone, thank you for signing in, thank you for viewing. As you will notice this week, Leon unfortunately was not able to join me in the studio this week, so I'm going it alone. alone. <laughs> I'm gonna see how this goes. About a month ago, I sent out a request on social media asking for feedback from people about what they felt was music that they listened to in their preteen years and which music from that they believe was really influential on their listening style. We got a lot of responses back, and I really appreciate that. Thank you very much to all of you who responded. Um, unfortunately, we won't be able to get to all of the responses today. If you're watching or listening and you sent us a response that we're not talking about in this episode today, please do let us know, and we'll bring it back in our next episode. So all of us have our memories of music that we listened to, that our parents played, uh, or our elder sisters or brothers, maybe cousins who influenced our choices. All of us have these memories from when we were kids of the music that we heard back then. And what Leon and I are looking at this week and as part of this series of music of our youth we're looking at which songs do you remember that you feel are really influential on your listening even today. Leon and I, both being uh, songwriters and musicians, we're also thinking of it from the perspective of how might that music be affecting the way that we approach music as songwriters and when we play. So today we're going to be listening to some of the examples of uh, music that viewers of Our Mind on Music sent into us. After I posted the question about uh, music of our youth to our viewers, Peter Parker and Dave McGinnis started a conversation um, after they had heard our last episode, episode 18 was Leon's musical memories. Uh, Peter was responding saying that we forgot some Canadian bands, Canadian bands that are well worth mentioning. The Kings, Doug and the Slugs, Loverboy. Uh, I will throw in Triumph and Rush there because they were huge influences on me. Um, Dave also mentioned some bands, uh, Lighthouse, Stampeders, and April Wine. That's a good call. He also mentioned some groups that he said, he said, don't forget the punks, the Diodes, DOA, the Vile Tones, the Forgotten Rebels, Pointed Sticks, uh, Rough Trade, Carol Pope, and Teenage Head, which is kind of cool. Teenage Head, uh, when I was... Uh, in my teens playing in a cover band back in the day in Ontario, we had started to do our own our own songs. Just so happened at one of the gigs that we were playing, uh, Frankie Venom, who was the lead singer of Teenage Head, came into the bar that we were playing at, listened to a couple of songs, and I remember him saying that he really liked one of the songs that I had written called You're an Addiction, and that was really cool because, you know, this kind of rock star guy who we all recognized had heard us play and liked one of my songs so yeah teenage head i can't believe we didn't mention them earlier 
Rough Trade. Uh, I'm going to play a little sample of what is probably their best known song, I, I guess, is uh, High School Confidential. So here's a little outtake of that song because it's a classic. One of the responses was from my sister, Loretta. Thank you, Loretta. The first thing she said was the, the Irish Rovers, which uh, growing up in Ontario, I clearly remember the Irish Rovers had a show that they used to play music. It was kind of a variety show type thing. And the song that Loretta mentioned was the Unicorn song, which I'm going to play a little uh, sample of here. I'll also, before I do that, though, I'll say that I remember the Rovers from the, I guess, from the 80s, early 80s or late 70s. They had a song called Wasn't That a Party. My head's like a football. I think I'm going to die. <laughs> it's a bit of a kind of a novelty song, but one of a string of hits that these guys had as the Irish Rovers and as the Rovers. So let's have a little listen to those guys. Long time ago when the earth was green And there was more kinds of animals than you'd ever seen They'd run around free while the earth was being born But the loveliest of them all was the unicorn There was green alligators and long neck geese Some humpty back camels and some chimpanzees Some cats and rats and elephants for sure as you're born the loveliest of all was the unicorn. Could have been the whiskey, might have been the gin. Could have been the three or four six packs, I don't know. But look at the mess I'm in, my head's like a football. I think I'm gonna die. Tell me, me, oh, me, oh, my. Or wasn't that a part? One of the things that I remember as well was a group, uh, they were a Scottish band called the Bay City Rollers. Uh, again, they had, a, I believe, a TV show for a while. Um, they were kind of like, I don't know, a, an update of the Monkees in a way. Marty Croft presents the Bay City Rollers show, starring the Bay City Rollers, Billy Hayes, Derek. Woody, Eric, and Leslie. Also starring Jay Robinson, Billy Barty, Paul Gale, Sharon Baird, Patty Maloney, Ben Snowden, Mickey McNeil, and Louise Duart. Thank you. It's my turn to host the show today, but first, let me introduce you to the rest of the guys. On my right is... Eric, Alan, Leslie, Derek, Woody, and you from the Queen of Gossip is Mona Jarrett bringing you this exclusive interview on stage with the Bay City Rollers. And, I'm gonna and I remember uh, reading about the fact that they were the Bay City Rollers, but they were from Scotland. They just thought it would be a really catchy name. I don't know. The first song I ever remember telling people was my favorite song was S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y Night, Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers. to the right. 
So Les McEwen was the lead singer of the Bay City Rollers. After their huge success with songs like Saturday Night and also they, they played um, covers of older songs like Mr. Postman and a few other songs like that. They eventually split from the singer Les McEwen, the rest of the band split, and they got a new singer. His name, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, I believe it's Duncan Foray. The Bay City Rollers at this point, I'm not sure if this was for legal reasons or if it was just them trying to rebrand. When their new singer joined, they changed the names to The Rollers. This was in 1978-79, and they brought out the album Elevator in 1979, Vox, V-O-X-X, in 1980, and finally Ricochet in 1981. Unfortunately, these albums did not do well. I guess the people who knew the Bay City Rollers were expecting S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y, night, and they weren't hearing that because Elevator, for example, I'm going to play an example uh, from that album, it was a very different sound. They started to sound more like, I, I guess I could compare them loosely to the Cars or something like that, sort of synth pop, synth rock of that time, of the very very early 80s. And I suppose that was too much of a, of a, a shift for their existing fan base. Um, unfortunate, because I think actually Elevator had at least one really good song on it. Um, they sold 120 million records as the Bay City Rollers and eventually were dropped by Arista Records after their third record as the Rollers. Here's Elevator. You decide for yourself. Elevator by the Rollers. Elevator. And here they are. The Rollers. mention Ontario Place. It's an amusement park in Toronto that is still running to this day. There used to be a concert venue at Ontario Place called the Forum. The Forum was really interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was a provincially operated, uh, it is a provincially operated recreation park, and so there was a lot of funding for the concerts that went on in the forum and a lot of times the concerts in the forum were either free or if you had to pay an entrance fee like admission tickets to enter Ontario Place the forum concerts in the evening were included in the price of the ticket so for a few dollars you could go see these incredible bands there were not only bands but there were Phil the Toronto Symphony Orchestra played there every season so they had Philharmonic performances. They had pop orchestras that would play there, which was great for me as a kid hearing an orchestra playing pop hits, you know, like orchestra versions of Beatles songs, you know. They had ballet performances. 
the forum, the, there's a ticket here from 1991, so late in the forum's existence, $12.50 to go see Lawrence Gowan performing at the forum. largest ever concert in the forum was actually the Merry Men of Barbados. The Merry Men! Growing up as the son of Guyanese uh, Canadian immigrants, this was huge for us. The Merry Men were big. And I think the whole West Indian community in Ontario felt the same way. If we went to a party with uh, Guyanese family, Venezuelan family, Trinidadian Barbados, um, that we were definitely going to be jumping up to the Merry Men. Uh, and the fact that they had become such a huge thing in Ontario, they broke the attendance record in the forum that they held for 20 years. Uh, there were over 25,000 people. Now, at the forum, there was only bench seating for about 2,500 people, but there were grassy hills outside of the forum area that were intended for about 8,000 people. They actually made an album, The Merry Men Live, which is live at the Forum, uh, 1985. It was June, it was really hot, 25,000 people, it was pretty crazy, but I am really happy to say that I was there. Um, there are some images here, Eddie Grant uh, was a huge hit with his song Electric Avenue, um, and he had a band before that as well. Eddie Grant is actually from Guyana, which is kind of cool. Uh, you can see Emil Straker here receiving uh, an honor of recognition from the now King, King Charles. I think this is probably the first time this record has been played on the air and it's about to be released. Is this thing called ABC? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, would you agree? The Jackson Five. <laughs> Our friend Jeremy wrote in saying that Michael Jackson, far and wide, is the quote that he said, huge influence on so many of us. Uh, you know, when you think about the Jackson 5 to the Jacksons, Michael Jackson uh, solo, Michael Jackson became very much the representation of that family. And of course, Thriller and Bad were huge albums that were very influential on all of us. performers that really ruled the TV, the radio, 
and basically our musical experience through the 70s, 80s, and into the 90s. Our friend Scott, who is from Australia, wrote about Cold Chisel, who I didn't, I hadn't heard of Cold Chisel. I'm going to play an example of a Cold Chisel song. So we're all learning together here. Another band that uh, Scott mentioned from Australia was The Angels. I'll play a little sample of The Angels as well. We got two responses from friends in Shanghai, Julie and Alexis. Uh, Julie wrote that uh, her older brother had a huge influence. His musical taste had a lot of influence on her with classic rock. She didn't specify which classic rock, but she does mention that she had that coming from her brother's influence. And then at the same time, she had the Sunday morning church hymns that she was hearing every week with her family. And she felt like the harmonies from the church music were a big influence on her uh, development of musical taste. And then I guess mixing that with the classic rock, that, that seems like a really interesting mix for me. You know, when you think about groups like, let's say the Eagles, for example. I mean, the Eagles had some great songs. Uh, but for me, like Seven Bridges Road, which I'll play in a moment, it's not as well known as Hotel California, possibly. But listen to the listen to the harmonies on this song, and I think it will make a lot of sense what Julie says about liking the the harmonies of the church music and also appreciating classic rock. Here's possibly a way that I could show a bridge br between those two ideas. Alexis is clearly a few years younger than Leon and I. She, uh, she was a huge uh, New Kids on the Block fan, who are, by the way, playing, I believe, next month in Hong Kong, just across the water here, very close to where we are. Um, and she also mentioned Wilson, Wilson Phillips. I remember Wilson Phillips. I remember thinking it was really interesting that they were the, they were the daughters of the Mamas and the Papas, which, okay, so the mamas and the papas had their daughters, and the daughters became 
a huge hit in the, uh, I guess it was the late 80s, early 90s. So I'll play an example of uh, The Right Stuff, which was the hit that I remember everybody going crazy about uh, when the New Kids in the Block came out. And then I'll also play one of the big hits from Wilson Phillips. So here, this one's for Alexis. friend Neil, Neil Santos from the Pentatonic Way. Uh, if you have not heard about the Pentatonic Way and you're interested in learning more about playing guitar, uh, Neil joined us on Our Mind on Music on one of our episodes. I believe it was episode 12. Um, and he has this great uh, course work that you, can, uh, that you can look into. He also has a really interesting book, uh, which is written for left-handed guitarists. Uh, I just recently bought the book for our for our school library here in Shenzhen. Um, so, well worth looking at the Pentatonic Way. Neil Santos wrote in that the cars were a huge memory for him as a young listener, um, which I thought was interesting. So, I will play a little example of the cars here. Roy Thomas Baker is the producer on a lot of the cars albums, and I think... Um, not to take anything away from Rick Ocasek and Benjamin Orr and the other guys in the cars. I think Roy Thomas Baker had a big part to play in their sound as well. He was, before working with the cars, really well known for being the guy who produced with Queen. Bohemian Rhapsody was one of his production credits. So, no slouch. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> so... Here's an example of a song from the Cars from their earlier days. Another viewer who just identifies here as AP Drums 77 said Soul Survivor by Akon. So Akon in general. I used to have that on my 512 megabyte MP3 player. I used to walk into the gym in fourth grade basketball games and thinking I was the coolest guy there was. <laughs> I totally know that feeling when for me it would have been like Van Halen when 1984 came out. I knew the words to those songs and I thought I am the coolest guy ever, I'm pretty sure, because, you know, Eddie Van Halen was, was my hero, so in my mind at that time, that meant that I was really connected to them, you know? So, AP Drums 77, here is Soul Survivor, 
which you mentioned was a huge influence on you. Our friend Alistair, right here in Shenzhen, has an amazing list here and one that I really relate to because, as I said earlier, you know, my influence is just at home. The Merry Men and Calypso music in general was definitely a big part of what we heard regularly at home. But then my sister was listening to or remembers listening to the Irish Rovers. And I remember the Bee Gees were huge in our house. We heard a lot of Bee Gees and Barry Manilow. Think what you will. Those songs now, when I hear them, have a lot of nostalgia for me. Uh, but then I also loved the rock stuff. I remember my sister Margot had the album Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf. That song specifically, first of all, the fact that it was like epic, long song with huge guitars by Todd Rundgren, the whole thing about it. And the, I was learning piano. I started piano when I was nine, I guess, or eight, something like that. So when I heard Roy Bitten, uh, who is known for the E Street Band with uh, Bruce Springsteen, he was the pianist on there. And of course, they had just a huge company of players on that album. That was a huge influence for me. I think that had a lot to do with, especially my early songwriting, trying to get that really cool mix between like musically trying to get a rock opera, I guess I'd say. Alistair here in Shenzhen said, Rolling Stones, Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson, by the way, Alistair was my first ever concert at the Ontario Place Forum. Fleetwood Mac, The Beach Boys, also Phil Spector's Christmas album, man. Alistair has hit the nail on the head here. Now, Christmas albums, I don't know about you, for me, Bing Crosby was a big one. Jim Reeves was also Jim Reeves' Christmas. Phil Spector's Christmas album. Man, think about the Ronettes. Think about all the people that were singing on that and the whole wall of sound production style of Phil Spector applied to songs that we were going to hear several times annually in December, right? So I think Alistair, I'm going to play possibly my favorite song off that album is Sleigh Ride. Uh, I think I'll play that because I think it gives a great example of it was pop music of the time and we heard it every year at Christmas. Our parents were playing it. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. 
Prince, the Batman album. Interesting choice. I am a huge Prince fan. Honestly, not on the top of my list, but I'm going to play the Bat Dance for you. Finally, the firm, uh, the firm's parody album. Ooh, that's interesting. I have to look that one up. I will mention we had a couple listeners who mentioned some jazz folks. Uh, Miles Davis came up a couple times. Um, any of the guitarists, uh, Wes Montgomery came up as a huge influence. Yeah, I totally get that. It wasn't part of my experience at the really young stage. That came later. But I definitely connect with that. I relate to that. Uh, Thelonious Monk is one uh, that came up more than once. I considered him uh, a big influence on so many musicians that came after him. And hopefully non-musicians listening to this, um, you'll see it's not about whether or not we started to write songs and join bands. We all have a love for music. And maybe this gives a little glimpse into uh, which music influenced us in those early days. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, really appreciate you tuning in to these uh, episodes. Leon and I would love to get some feedback. Uh, we've started to do shorter format episodes um, so that we could be a little more concise. Uh, if you've heard our early episodes, you know that Leon and I tend to stray off into a lot of different areas, which can be a lot of fun. Um, right now we're trying to do shorter episodes that stay on topic. <laughs> so we'd love to have some feedback from you to know what you think of, uh, of the podcast in general. Do you like the content that we're presenting? Would you like to hear different content? Do you like it when we, uh, do the longer episodes where we sort of just stray all around the world of music? Or do you like these shorter format episodes where we're a little more on point? Please do let us know. Like and subscribe. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Lincoln will say that in a moment. All right. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great week, and we'll see you. We'll talk to you next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Good night.